The all-electric Kia EV9. Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Jeez, the weather was good. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you. You can be part of the show. The Just Quality Home Improvements open line, 1300 736 736 or text in on 0427 154 166. Man, did you have a good weekend? I did have a great weekend, actually. I had a busy weekend, had a wedding on one of the days, a pool party on another one of the days, and ex-golf on another. So oh, it was actually a really nice very busy. weekend. How about yours? Uh, mine was good. I didn't do a lot, which is unusual for me. So Sunday I was a bit a bit sort of fidgety, wondering what the hell I was going to do. But yep. uh, I sat down and watched some TV and watched some uh, NFL, which was awesome. It was. Um, but And then watched the Strikers win on Saturday night. <laughs> and I watched the Giants win. And I'm sure we'll get into all of that tonight in our box score. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Men's the box scores. Yes, you mentioned the Adelaide Strikers, and that's where we'll start with the box score. The Strikers have upset the Perth Scorchers by 50 runs in the Eliminator to make it through to tonight's prelim final against the Brisbane Heat. The In the NBL, the 36ers have beaten yes. the Illawarra Hawks by seven points to keep alive their slim playoff hopes. In the ABL, the Adelaide Giants have swept, yes, you heard right, swept the second-place team, the Brisbane Bandits at the time, to clinch top spot and a home prelim and grand final advantage. At the Australian Open, world number one, Iga Swiatek is out of the women's draw after going down in three sets. Meanwhile, men's number one conceded just three games. Novak Djokovic, that is, in his three-set win over Adrian Manorino. The last remaining Aussie was Alex Dimonor in the draw. He is out after losing in five sets to Andre Rublev. And in the tour down under here in Adelaide, Welshman Stephen Williams won the final stage and the overall classification to take out the tour down under. And that there, Bonds, is the box score. All right. Um, let's have a, Let's talk quickly about the test match. Uh, it lasted two and a bit days. Uh, West Indies just not up to scratch, are they? No, they're not up to scratch. And we knew that with a team that was coming in, the inexperience that they had, it was what was to be expected. Uh, and you're not going to experience anything different. So for those that bought tickets to the weekend to see the test match, a little bit naive. It was never really <laughs> never going, going to make it there. No. And uh, what that means is the next one, the second test, it's a two-test series. Uh, the second test is on Thursday. So it comes around pretty quickly again. Thursday, it's a day-night test at the Gabba. And the good news for Australia is that Usman Khawaja has cleared concussion protocols. Now, he batted in the second innings but had to retire hurt, which meant that Steve Smith, who made 11 not out, and uh, Manus Labuschagne came in and made one not out as they chased down 25 for no loss. So Mm -hmm. it looks like Australia will go into the second test unchanged. Yep, and I just fear for the West Indies batting in the twilight with a pink ball. They're not going to lay bat on them. Yeah, it, it's they're going to struggle. They I hope. Look, struggle. I hope they put up a fight and and there's a bit of weather around as well. So maybe you know maybe they can eke it out to a fourth day. But I can't see it. I think the the positive for the West Indies is that they bowled Australia out uh, yes. for a, a modest total. We didn't make three hundred. So it's it's 
probably we, you didn't expect that they were going to be in the game, but to make 188 and then bowl Australia out for 283, not many people would have thought that the first innings lead to Australia would be under 100. No. So that's the positive. Uh, the batting side of things wasn't so positive. They then in their second innings came out and made 120. Australia chased it down with 10 wickets to spare. And we, I think we'll see something similar at the Gabba on Thursday. The highlight of my cricket weekend was this, men's. Hope again. Party. Yeah! Oh, bowled him! Clean bowled. And all of a sudden, four wickets have fallen for 10 runs and the Scorchers are in big trouble. And Pope, in his second over, has two for seven. Oh, he's back in the attack. Yeah! And he's bowled Inglis. Inglis is wondering, where did that come from? He opened himself up. Inglis trying to hit the ball through mid-wicket on the onside. Exposed his stumps. Short bowls. Hobson. Yeah! Oh, what a great catch by Short. Again, a leading edge. Hobson gave himself room. It took the edge. And Matthew Short had to jump across the wicket, hurl his left hand, and plucked it while he was airborne. Boyce bowls. Conley hits it in the air. Could this be another six? Or is he caught on the long on boundary? He's caught, I think. Yep, that's all over. It's all over. SEN Cricket's Peter Vlahos calling the game. The strike is far too good for the Scorchers. 50-run win over in Perth is not many people predicted this result. The strikers have been in some really good form, but you know that the Scorchers are almost unbeatable over there. Now, to come out and make 755, there was some concerns when Matt Short only made 13, Darcy only made six, uh, but Jake Weatherald, who has, since he's come back into this lineup, has been brilliant for the strikers. He made 56 off just 32 deliveries. Menenti made an important 23, as did Thornton's 28 and David Payne 14. And then to bowl him out for 105 is uh, as impressive as we've seen from a striker's bowling unit. And Lloyd Pope, 4 for 24. Cam Boyce, 3 for 20. The spinners are getting it done for the strikers. And Spin to win. It has been sensational. We might have a listen to Ryan Harris on the win over the Scorchers. Now we had a bit of Oh, a bit, little, little bit of headline over there about you know, one, we're a one-team wonder with Matt Short. If he doesn't perform, then we don't, we don't win. Um, we sort of put that to bed, and we made him, made him, made sure that we they knew about it as well. So it, it, was, it was pleasing to see the other night that when, when, when Maddie didn't, when Shorty didn't necessarily get runs, that the boys did. You know, they hung in. They didn't necessarily just go in and and try and hit their way out of trouble. They, you know, they formed a partnership, a couple of partnerships, crucial partnerships. They took their time and. Uh, and and we knew we knew if we could get to to 140, 150, we knew we'd be competitive. Finals are different games, and um, we knew if we put them under pressure early, which we did, um, we, we'd have a we'd be around the mark anyway to make a game. Ryan Harris there talking about the win over the Scorchers, and yeah, runs on the board are important in finals. He said if we make 140, 150, that sort of total will certainly be in the game. Well, they take on the Brisbane Heat tonight, which starts in about an hour's time. The game is at Carrara Stadium, which is on the Gold Coast. It's not their traditional home ground of the Gabba. So what do we expect of the pitch tonight in Carrara? It's hard to tell. Well, Ryan Harris spoke about this as well. It is an interesting pitch. It's obviously being used for the first time the other night, which is, a you know, again, it's one of those scenarios that probably should happen in the BBL with the scheduling and, and you know they're, they're playing all their games at the Gabba and being successful and having the moves, but it is what it is, and um, you know it's a little bit unknown, I guess, for everyone. Um, so we'll see how it goes. And it's, it's obviously it's, a, it's an odd shaped ground because it's obviously a football ground, and they put the wicket sort of on a almost a diagonal. So there's some short pockets, some short boundaries, and 
Um, but again, we'll, we'll get there tonight. We've got the dimensions. We've talked about, we've talked about the dimensions and what we need to do, and we get there and play the conditions, and again, hopefully, come come through the winner. It's Ryan Harris from the Adelaide Strikers, assistant coach, and. Yeah, men's uh, big game tonight. I think they can win tonight. Oh, without a doubt, I think that they are the informed team in the tournament. The other point that he made there about the dimensions, it's a weird ground. It's not a home ground advantage for the Brisbane Heat. They played there the other night against the Sydney Sixers in that qualifier to make it through the final. The Sixers, eight for 152 of 20. The Brisbane Heat bowled out for 113. So it seems like if you can bat first and put 150 on the board... You're, it's hard to chase. It will be very hard to chase. And likewise, if you can bowl them out cheaply. So I think the strikers, yep, Matt Short's in obviously some good form, but Weatherall is playing so well. And we know how well Boyce and Pope are bowling. So we should probably go into the game favourites tonight. I think we will. And we'll speak to Barat Sunderason later in the show. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Men's, I want to play you this audio because I think it's hilarious. One out. High fly left field, I believe it's out of here. Looking up Rushford, this one is long gone. The third Grand Slam home run in the series for the Adelaide Giants. Altman has his second home run of the series and home run number six. Could be the most, it's almost like he's reading a serious news article while commentating the baseball up in Brisbane, but this is our news update because he sounds a bit like a news reporter. Um, for Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get back to work. Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get back to work. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. You can shop in-store or online. Uh, that's the Giants. They They swept... The Brisbane Bandits, amazing effort. It was an amazing effort, and that was the Brisbane caller. So it was yes. a little bit depressing. Of <laughs> but he was like that for the whole yeah, series. Yeah, I know. But three grand slams. They were amazing up there in Brisbane to clinch top spot, the Adelaide Giants. And they've had a sensational season. They won it all last year, and they're in, again, the prime position to be able to go back-to-back. So they take on the Melbourne Aces this weekend in a three-game series, if required. Down at West Beach. Down at West Beach. Friday, it is uh, the 26th of January, Australia Day. 7 o'clock, the game starts. Saturday at 7 o'clock, and if necessary, Sunday will be at 5 o'clock. So the Giants, they take on the Melbourne Aces. If they win that series, they go straight through to... The decider, the championship series, which will be against either Brisbane or Perth, uh, the ABL final series, and that will be the following weekend, third and fourth of uh, the second, third and fourth of February. And if they win that, they'll get home field advantage as well. Yes. So they'll play two of the three games at home. So the Giants in a really good position to be able to go back to back and uh, get down there this Friday night. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just to go over those results, uh, this is this is the full game series. They won 16-7, 17-2, 6-3, and 11-5. They needed to win one game to finish top. They finished six games clear on top, and uh, well, they'll, they'll struggle to lose it, I reckon. I don't want to put the mockers on them, but they are the best team in the competition. Well, they are the best team in the competition, and they have the best pitcher in the competition, which come this time of year is so important because you have him play in your first game. You win the first game, you're 1-0 up, you only got one more to go. So with Lachlan Wells pitching... Likely in game one against the Melbourne Aces, it does. It gives them a real strength and a real advantage. And Perth Heat take on the Bandits in the other series. So let's hope that the Giants can continue their winning form and go back to back. And we'll try and speak to someone from the Adelaide Giants over the next couple of days uh, before they start their final series.
We're here thanks to Kia, major partner of the Australian Open, and Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. Men's, uh, we're going to speak to Barat Sunderason, as I mentioned. We're going to talk some cricket with him. You've got your top seven coming up. Yeah, the NFL games today were amazing. So I'm going to look at the MVP from this season, uh, and then we'll get on to the games tomorrow night. And we'll have a hat-trick as well, all on this summer edition of Sports ASA. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Bonds and men's with you. You can be part of the show. Text in 0427 154 166, the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Or give us a call, 1300 736 736. Men's, it's now time for the top seven. Sports Day SA. It's the final countdown. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Thanks to Kia, major partner of the Australian Open men's. What is your top seven tonight? Well, I've decided to go. We did. I did my NBA MVP top seven a couple of weeks ago. So with the divisional round of the NFL played today, I'm going to go to the NFL and my top seven MVP players from this season. Now, excellent. we have the conference championships coming up this weekend. What that means is basically in AFL terms, a prelim final, whoever wins that will go into the Super Bowl. We will break that down tomorrow night in my All-American Sports update in the uh, around about 6.40 tomorrow night. But uh, tonight I'm just going to do my top seven MVP. Now, what I've got in here is traditionally when you look at it, you look at the just the offensive players and you don't actually count in the defensive. I've got my best seven players from this season. So I'm including the defensive players as well as the offensive players in this conversation. So these are the simply the best seven players on the field yep. from this, this NFL season just gone. So I'm going to start with a number seven, the San Francisco quarterback. He could be the MVP of the Super Bowl in a few weeks' time, Brock Purdy. He has been super for the San Francisco 49ers. He had one bad game this season, and that was against Baltimore, who they could face in the Super Bowl if things go that way. He has been very good. I've got him at number seven in my MVP for the NFL this year, which leads me to the number six. And I mentioned that I'm going to put defensive players in there. I've got TJ Watt from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just every single season just racks up the sacks of quarterbacks, does it year in, year out at the linebacker. He is my number six player from the year this season. So he is number six, which takes me to the number five player in the NFL this season. And I'm going to go to the Cowboys. They didn't finish the season well, but C.D. Lamb. He's a wide receiver for the Cowboys. How good is he? He is amazing yep. to watch. You can put him down for 100 yards and a, and a touchdown every single week. So he comes in at number five, which leads me to the top four. Now, I think a lot of people will know majority of these players. I'm going to go at number four with Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns. He was the number one pick. He's a defensive end. He's the one player that if you're a quarterback, you do not want to see on the other side of the ball because you know he is massive and he is quick. And if he catches you, you're in a bit of trouble. So he comes in at number four, which leads me to the top three. Now, a lot of people will have these in various orders. I have gone with Tyreek Hill 
at number three. Right. I thought you might have gone two for him, but go on. From the Miami Dolphins, I think he has had a sensational year. I've probably not put him at two because their team is out and this other guy's yep. team is still in. But he has had an amazing year. The reason why he has such has had such a big impact, if you discount any of his year, you go and watch the three or four quarters that he didn't play, and Miami could not move the ball down the field without him. He is explosive, so hard to defend. And while he's on that team, they are still every chance to win a Super Bowl in the coming seasons, which leads me to the top two. At number two, it's Christian McCaffrey, the running back from the San Francisco 49ers. What he brings to that offense is absolute explosiveness and just makes him so hard to stop. And it's why I still think that they might win the Super Bowl in about three weeks' time. He's my number two, but the clear number one who will win the MVP this year is Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. I actually said at the start of the year, Bonds, that he was my pick to win the MVP. You did. He was 15 to one. I really you, wish you went I went off. You went off somewhere in sort of three quarters of the way season. You jumped on Tyreek Hill. Yep. But. Yeah, he's I, I do wish I put a wager and gambled responsibly at the start of the season at 15 to 1 because he is a certain thing to win it because they don't take the playoffs into account when they are doing the MVP. So Lamar Jackson will win it, but will he win a Super Bowl MVP as well? I think he will. Oh, they are going better than any team at the moment. I think it'll be Baltimore versus the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I'm still taking the 49ers if that happens. You like the Ravens, I don't. I like the Ravens. Uh, I think they're, yeah, they're just... They're just a better balanced team, in my opinion. But That's a good point. Yeah, it's I think a- I think all over the field, their def- defensive line and. Yeah, I think it's they're just, they're just too good. They got the best, and they got the best player in the competition. That they do at the moment, and what they're doing very well, and they showed it. And again, we'll get into it a little bit more tomorrow night. But they were ten ten against the Texans at halftime in their game. They adapt so well, particularly after halftime when they know what the opposition team's doing. They go yep. out and score twenty four points to nothing in the second half. Shows a very good sign of a very good team that's coached well and plays really well. That's the top seven for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au and you can catch every NFL game this season. There's only a couple to go with Game Pass only on design. Visit nflgamepass.com. Mens, we're going to speak to Barat Sunder Racing. We're going to talk some test match cricket. We're going to talk some BBL, the strikers. It's not far away. Strikers will get home tonight, won't they? Look, the game is... Actually, up in Carrara, which uh, is um, Heritage Bank Stadium, is where it is. Hmm. So it's not home of the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, so it's not where the Brisbane Heat no. t- typically play. So look, it's not a home field or home ground advantage. I think it's a great, great situation for the Strikers against a team that's lost Munro and Billings as well. Where we're the informed team, there's pressure off of mine is certainly on the Brisbane Heat. Yeah, I think I think the Strikers. I think they're bowling. Will come out on top on that deck. So, so do you bat or bowl first? It's completely first different. If you, if you I, I still think they bowl first if they if they win the bat flip, because then not, they know what they're chasing. Yeah, it's a it's a good. However, point. it will put pressure on Brisbane if they have to chase. Yeah, it certainly will. And and we know that Pope and Boyce have done a great job when the pressure has been there. So come on, the strikers. I think we can make it through to the final against the Sydney Sixers. I think we can. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports ASA. After the break, we're going to sport, speak to the great man, Barat Sunderacy. Back soon. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. 
Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sport Day SA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you. And you can be part of the show, one three hundred seven three six, or text in 0427-154-166. That is the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. Men's, our next guest is a great man with great hair. Uh, He's brought to us by Tire Power. Their hot summer sale, it's on now. Get 25% off selected Kumo passenger SUV and four-wheel drive tyres now at Tire Power. Barat Sunderason, welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me on, Bont. Uh, I'm uh, disappointed that I didn't catch you uh, during the test, but I mean, what do you do if the test finishes in less than three hours, what, two and a half days? Yeah, my plan was to pop in on Saturday, but obviously that didn't work. Um, what were you thinking? <laughs> not much, obviously. Hey, let's talk about that. How, how do you reflect on the test match against the West Indies? Uh, I mean, at least we got some some sort of competition when the West Indies were bowling, uh, thanks to Damien Hoff and, and the sporting pitch. And look, I think I'm glad we got a pitch like that because uh, I guess in a way when there's such a big discrepancy in terms of class and uh, just in terms of experience between two teams, you actually need a pitch which kind of gives uh, uh, the inexperienced team something. And I thought... Uh, the West Indians were much more disciplined this time round than last summer. Uh, I mean, obviously, there was the big debut for Shama Joseph, but even even Roach and Alzari Joseph and everything else, I think everybody else uh, chipped in. Uh, but again, I mean, with the bat, uh, you could see. I mean, when you have a middle order with the test experience of uh, three matches between them and also not a lot of first-class experience, you they stood no chance against uh, Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins and, and Lyon and uh, you know, you don't even need much of green on Marsh. Like, so ob- obvious, um, you know, big distinction in class between the two teams. But uh, Australia just roll on this summer, don't they? They certainly do. And uh, look, you're, you're right, though. Pakistan took it to Australia and West Indies were okay in patches and maybe more surprising what, than what people thought. This Thursday at the Gabba, day-night test there, do we expect any changes, in particular for the Australian side? Usman Khawaja looks like he's cleared concussion protocol. Mm. So... I imagine Barat were going in with the same 11. No, with the same 11. And I think uh, there's been a lot of talk of uh, maybe the fast bowlers being rotated. But but because of uh, the kind of pitches we've got, and like Josh Hazelwood has said a few times already this summer, uh, none of them have really had to bowl long spells. Right? It's not that they've had to come back for their fifth or sixth spell. Uh, so they've been relatively fresh going into each test. Uh, and this gap between the the Pakistan series and the Adelaide test would also have helped. So, uh, especially with the rest finishing in, what, two and a half days, uh, I can't see them um, wanting rest or, or, or the selectors even considering resting any of them. Uh, and it will be, I think, uh, uh, the first time in nearly 10 years that uh, Australia would have fielded the same uh, bowling lineup through throughout the summer. So, uh, I can't see any changes. I mean, good news on Usman Khawaja, though. I mean, that looked a little scary when... Uh, he was spitting out blood, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's good that he's cleared everything and he'll be good to go again. That is great news that he has cleared the concussion protocols. Now, what do we expect from the Gabba and the day-night test? Are we expecting it to potentially last three days or more in this one, Barat? Well, you remember the pitch we got at the Gabba last year yes. against South Africa for the Red Ball test. Uh, I doubt we'll get anything as spicy as that. That was 
uh, next level. But uh, what the game didn't even go past day two. Uh, but look, the ping ball test does bring with it its own challenges, right? It's uh, it's almost played in two parts. Um, batting always seems easier during the day, but then as soon as the lights come on, uh, it gets a little challenging. I mean, because it's Brisbane, uh, I uh, from from memory, I think you'll get uh, a bit more play under lights. Actually, like you know, in Adelaide, it's literally the last forty-five minutes or so where it's sort of pitch black, isn't it, or pitch dark? So uh, I guess the bowlers will have uh, a bigger say. Uh, but again, I mean, look, hopefully the West Indies continue on impressing with the ball. Um, and, and also, maybe, look, some of their batters have got one test match experience now, so maybe that comes in handy. But it's going to be a mighty task for them to compete. But I saw the weather forecast this afternoon, just as you do before you pack. Uh, not that I put in too much thought into my packing, as uh, everybody knows, but uh, I was just I just wanted to check what the weather is like. And it looks like this forecast for rain from... Friday onwards, so that could uh, drag the game uh, deeper. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it'll be a question of um, can the Australian batters really, you know, kind of put on a show? Can Steve Smith make a big score as opener? I think that'll be the big uh, talking, or those will be the big talking points going into the test. Uh, but yeah, I mean, result-wise, it looks pretty pretty obvious which way it'll go. All right, let's uh, switch over to the Adelaide Strikers in the BBL. Do you think many people gave them a chance of knocking off the Scorchers on Saturday night? Not really, especially after you know the the depletion of the squad with uh, some of their players leaving. Uh, but you know how how happy are we for the likes of Cameron Boyce and especially Lloyd Pope? I mean, Bonds, you and I have commentated in a lot of Redbacks games over the years where uh, you know we we felt bad for Lloyd Pope. I mean, he'd have these expensive spells and you'd yeah. see him all by himself on the fine leg boundary. Uh, not really sure of where uh, you know his next wicket's going to come from. What lies ahead and um, I, and, you know, Cameron Boyce, uh, I, I said, I told someone, he, he's someone that Australian cricket seemed to have moved on from, and Lloyd Pope was someone Australian cricket seemed to have forgotten. So good to see them come together and star in that fashion to, uh, you know, down the mighty Scotchers. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, does it? Uh, but I guess, I mean, the whole weekend was Adelaide versus Perth in terms of, oh, look at the, look at the, look at the crowds we did versus you did. So Adelaide beat them on that front what, 60,000 people in three days compared to 42,000 over four days. Uh, and also on the field with the strikers downing the scotches. But no, uh, really, really good to see, um, you know, some Australian talent of that, uh, that type stand up, put their hand up and, you know, take the strikers to within one, uh, one game of playing the big finals. Barat, what does it say about the T20 spin bowlers in Australia when the best two spinners are Cam Boyce and Steve O'Keefe? Uh, I know, right? It uh, says a lot, to be honest, uh, Bonds. And uh, also because, you know, because Zampa has been so good and, and also Australia's T20i schedule is such that the games are all spread out and he in, ends up playing most, most of the games. A lot of these others have really not got the opportunity, the younger lots, uh, to come through. Uh, you know, and then uh, we've seen it in Test cricket as well. Uh, I guess because Nathan Lyons has been as brilliant as he's been, uh, we've had to wait a long time before we've seen a young spinner really put his hand up and, and make a name for himself in Todd Murphy. So, uh, well, that'll always be there. But uh, I guess the beauty of T20 cricket, though, is age no bar, right? I mean, I guess Stephen O'Keefe's time uh, of playing T20 cricket for Australia might have come and gone. But Cameron Boyce is still in his mid-30s. And like I said, Lloyd Pope is in his mid-20s. So, I mean, it's just one game, but it, those are good signs. Uh, but again, I just it just tells you a lot more about the scheduling and 
maybe also the kind of pitches the BBL gets played on. I guess it's been surprising that these low-scoring uh, totals seem to be winning totals for teams batting first. It is interesting, Bharat, and the game tonight, the Brisbane Heat taking on the Adelaide Strikers. In Carrara, this game is. Now, Bharat, what chance do you give the Strikers? I mean, we know that Munro is gone. We know that Billings has gone from that Brisbane Heat lineup as well as their Australia players. So with that loss the other night to the Sixers, do you see some real vulnerability and pressure on the Heat rather than the Strikers tonight? Yeah, absolutely I do. And I I don't think uh, the pitch at the Carrara really suited the uh, supposed home team did it. Uh, and, and, you know, they played a lot of their games at the Gabba. And and can I sound a little uh, intelligent, try and sound a little intelligent here? Yeah, it's a little like the Brisbane Lions playing at the Gabba, right? Like their Oof. home crowd support and everything else. So, uh, how about that? Uh, <laughs> that was excellent. That. Excellent, Baz. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I feel so good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think I mean, it was similar. I mean, if, if they had the Lions had to play somewhere else in the big final uh, in their home state, it would be quite the challenge. And that's what it felt like the other day. I mean, in my mind, Michael Neeson, obviously, as he always does, uh, was amongst the wicked. But uh, the batting did look very fallible uh, against uh, uh, that Sydney Sixers attack. So I do give Adelaide a chance. I mean, if they can uh, do what they did against uh, the Scotchers, put runs on the board, I think they do have the bowling against a pretty weakened Brisbane batting uh, to, to make it count and, yeah, go all the way. Barat, we had Jason Gillespie and Tim Payne on the show last week and they spoke about scrapping the BBL draft so they can sign mm. these overseas players on long-term contracts. For the example, Jamie Overton, they want to keep him in Adelaide. They want to sign him to a long-term deal and stop him from leaving before the end of the season as well because mm. he'd already signed that other contract to leave before the finals. So... Um, what are your thoughts on scrapping the BBL draft? Well, I, like with the IPL auction, the last couple of years, the BBL draft itself has become a TV product as well. I mean, it's become its own entity, hasn't it? Uh, and, and Cricket Australia and, and uh, those running the BBL have, have put a lot of um, impetus on the draft and how it plays out, I guess. So uh, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely get where Tim Payne's coming from. I mean, if you're part of the coaching staff of a team and you've just... Uh, it's just got a player uh, of that caliber, of that experience, just kind of getting acclimatized to, to the team setup and uh, even playing at, at that uh, particular home ground to once again lose them in two years' time or three years' time and then once again bring in new players uh, cannot be easy. But again, it goes back to the challenge of holding on to players in the current climate uh, that is world cricket, right? I mean... Uh, the IL-20 is about to start uh, today, if, or if it hasn't started already. I mean, there's D20 cricket happening everywhere uh, right now. So, I mean, that also plays a, plays a role. And I guess it, it boils down to where the BBL stands in, as, 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 as a tournament in terms of the pecking order when it comes to these T20 leagues and where players want to play. So, uh, no, I mean, interesting. It's, again, part of this whole uh, debate around players and what kind of say they have on their own careers and franchises around the world wanting to hold on to them. But I can't see the draft draft going away purely because of how it's been built up by Cricket Australia and the BBL in the last two years. Yeah, it's a very fair point. But at the last one I want to finish on before we let you go, India take on England at the exact same time that Australia take on the West Indies this Thursday. It's mm-hmm. so a five-test series between India and England, obviously in India. Do you give England any chance in Indian conditions or is it... The Indians will be far too strong for the English in your eyes. 
I think Harry Brook is a huge loss. I mean, we still don't know if he will play any part at all if he comes back. Uh, but as you know, he's left home for personal reasons. Uh, but, you know, I think I've seen, I've covered a lot of England cricket in India over the years when I was still there. Uh, the one time they did win was 2012 when they played. I mean, they didn't play basketball cricket, but they played such positive cricket. Uh, I think Kevin Peterson's innings in Mumbai is still one of the best I've ever written on. And I've had the privilege of staying live. Uh, so I think, if anything, this is your best chance. I mean, in India, you just have to take it to them. A lot like playing Australia and Australia, right? You have to be relentless, just keep attacking them and hope they break. And I can see that happening. Uh, that Indian batting lineup, when it comes to test cricket, has been tested in recent times. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what kind of pitches you get. If India do produce lottery pitches like they did against Australia, uh, then watch out. Uh, I think it's, I'm glad that it's a five-match series and not, uh, I mean, it's, oh, now India, England, Australia will play five-match series. But, you know, in a three-match series, one, one or two tests early on go against England, it's all over. I can see in this England team fighting back even if they lose the first test, just purely because of the way they play. Uh, so a lot to look forward to. Uh, and thankfully for England, a lot of lovely golf courses all around India. So, you know, they can spend day four and five playing golf. <laughs> Well, Barat, thanks for your time. Uh, it's great chatting with you again. Are you out walking the dogs? Sounds like you're walking around. Uh, oh, no, I'm just in the backyard in the okay. hills, just uh, watching my wife work in the garden, actually. I should go and chip <laughs> in and do this. Well, you better go chip in. <laughs> thanks, Baz, and uh, have, a great, have a great time in Queensland. Uh, thanks so much, guys. And uh, like I said, it, uh, it's a, a big moment for me uh, doing that big crossover between cricket and footy. Long may it last. Love that, Barat. <laughs> great work, Barat. Uh, Barat Sunderason there uh, from Crickbuzz. And, of course, SEN Cricket. He is part of our team. And what he doesn't know about cricket ain't worth knowing, Mintz. No, and I think a lot of people are starting to feel a little more common with Barat. They're starting to hear him everywhere and obviously through SEN and they're starting to be really familiar with him. I asked him about the Indian versus England series bonds. They play the way the schedule has worked. The game starts, the test match starts at the exact same time as Australia versus West Indies. Question for you, you'll be watching the Australian and West Indies test match. Will you flick between both tests simultaneously? Because let's be honest, the India versus England test match should be more enthralling. Yeah, absolutely. I actually probably, like you said, I might watch more of the England-India test than the Aussie test, which sounds weird. Well, in total, I imagine you will as well, because I reckon that test match might go an extra day (laughs) than the Australian (laughs) one. But uh, look, it's good. It's great to have. There's plenty of T20 cricket, as Barat said, but also plenty of test cricket on at the moment around the globe. Now, last week, uh, men's, um, I might, in our weekend headline, I might have said that the Adelaide 36ers will win both their... Away games? Yes. They won both their away games. You know what? You you were very good in your weekend headline last week. And okay. We don't love to gloat too much when we get things right, but uh, my headline, similarly, when yes. it went to the NBL, was somewhat good. Yes. I picked the Breakers to beat Southeast Melbourne Phoenix by at least 27 points. I yep. said they'll beat them by 27. They won by 29. Yes. So while we're on that, let's go to the NBL and let's touch on the 36ers who, as you said... Had an incredible weekend. We've spoken about this the last two weeks. Are they still a possibility to make the playoffs? Uh, Yeah. Funnily enough, they are. They're only two games behind Sydney. Two wins behind Sydney. They've had a couple more losses. And the Taipans. And the Taipans, yeah. So, and they play the Taipans this Saturday. Without it. So that's that's what makes it interesting. They lose this Saturday. Season done, effectively. Yeah. 
curtains, they'd have to win all four and results go their way. But they play the Taipans this weekend. They knock them off their game back, and then they play the Kings at home as well. So it's right in their hands, the 36ers, which is great. It's been great to see Scotty Ninnis. We say our own. We, we had him first. So uh, yes. it's been great to see Scotty Ninnis turn this team around. And off the back of now four wins in their last five games, they are playing some great basketball. If you look at their next five, the top ends at home, very winnable. The Kings at home, very winnable, the way these teams are going. The Jack Jumpers away. Now, that's tough. That's the toughest game. Without doubt. Yeah. But the way they're playing, they still could win. They play the Bullets away and the Breakers at home. They're probably going to win four of their last five, which the the form they're in at the moment is certainly doable. So it's not done yet for the 36ers this season. No, I agree. Uh, there is a, a glimmer of hope. I still don't. I'm still not sure they've they can win. I think they've got to win at least four of their last five, yep. maybe five of the. Makes it five. difficult. Yes, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but the way they are going, you wouldn't be shocked if they did. Yeah, so they'll finish if they win all five. They'll finish at fifty percent. So so fourteen and fourteen. I'm not sure that's enough to. Make the playoffs. Might be enough to get Scotty Ninnis a contract next year. It might. If they're going to finish a a 500 record. Hey, let's get on to the Australian Open. Starting to get to the pointy end of the tournament now. And we know that Novak Djokovic had a very impressive win. Well, after his win, he got asked whether anytime soon he might retire. I feel while being number one and still on top of the game, I don't feel like leaving tennis um, in that position. I feel like I want to keep on going and then when I feel that I am not able to compete at the highest level with the guys and be a contender for a Grand Slam title then I'll probably consider um, going into retirement uh, I, I part of me of course is enjoying the process otherwise I wouldn't be playing because in the end of the day it's it's not I'm not I'm not you know, playing anymore because I need more money or because I need more points or whatever. I just uh, want to play and I really enjoy the competition. So the drive is there and that's the most important thing an athlete should always have and nurture. He definitely doesn't need more money. He definitely doesn't need more money. And that's not the answer that players around the world were listening to and hoping to hear. Novak will continue for a little while longer. Yeah, he's got still plenty to achieve to effectively make him the outright goat because he'll be that far ahead of everyone else when it comes when it's said and done in terms of the amount of grand slams he has won. Now talking about the tournament, he's into the quarterfinal. We mentioned in the box score that he had a good win. Uh, the demons unfortunately out. That was also mentioned, but he's going to take on Taylor Fritz in the quarterfinal, the tw- number twelve in the world from America. You'd expect him to take care of business there. Yannick Sinner, who's been in very good form, he yes. takes on Andre Rublev who knocked off the Demon. So that's a 4 versus 5 seed. So that's a, a very much a 50-50 matchup that one. Uh, I think Sinner wins. Yep. I, think, I think after that long match against uh, Dimonor, I think Sinner just gets the job done. That's a good point. Medvedev is also through to another quarterfinal. Alcaraz plays tonight to get himself through to another quarterfinal. On the women's side, there's a, a couple of names there that we know that Shuyatek is out, mentioned off the top of the show, but Coco Goff and Sabalenka, they are rolling along at the moment. They look like two of the best in this tournament and look like they might potentially be their way headed to a final. So Australian Open obviously finishes this Sunday night. Uh, will Novak go and win another Australian Open? Do you think he will? I do. Yeah. He's on I'm track. The I'm the same. He's certainly on track. And just lastly, while we're um, touching on the box score and what we didn't get to in the first segment, the Tour Down Under was uh, raced here in Adelaide. And... Uh, 
Look, it's always a great event. It goes so quickly, just the one it week. It does. Compared yes. to the three-week, I guess, Tour de France, yes. it's just it's so quick. But, uh, yeah, there's Stephen Williams from he's from the UK, Israel Premier Tech, his team. He was too good in winning the final stage and the overall race. Simon Yates, one name that a lot of people know about, finished in seventh position and Aussies House and Hagen Schultz were thereabouts in the top ten. So another tour down under run really well here in Adelaide. Right, time to get to the hat trick, men's. Oh, he's close. He's got it. He's got it. Thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. We have a forgettable moment from the weekend. If you don't know, now you know, and it is what it is. I like my three this week. I, I think we're strong every week, but I. Put a bit of thought into this one just to have a a little bit of a different direction. So I'm going to start with my forgettable moment. And I think a lot of people would agree that Adrian Manorino, who lost the first two sets to Novak Djokovic, six love, six love. That is a forgettable moment for anyone in sports. (laughs) He didn't get completely swept through. He was able to score three games in the third set. But what I love was the humor of it. When he was down six love, six love, he looked over his box and he put his hands over his eyes or his fingers over his eyes to signal donuts uh, to his box. So even when you're going so poorly, it's great to have that humor. My forgettable moment is the test against the West Indies. It'll be forgotten with the exception of Travis Head Century. It's fair. Nothing else mattered in that game. Without doubt. That will go pretty quickly, the series against the West Indies. If you don't know, now you know. The strikers' bowling attack is far better than anyone expected. With the spin combination and the opening order firepower that the strikers possess, they're now every chance to win the BBL tournament from you. I agree. I agree. So they've been fantastic. Popey and Cam Boyce, um, and even Matty Short bowling four overs yep. for 30 on the weekend as well. Uh, they're outstanding. Mine, if you don't know, now you know. And it, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you know that we know. The Adelaide Giants are Adelaide's best sporting team of the last two summers, and they deserve more recognition and what they achieved over the weekend and this season. The best sporting team of the last two summers. Yep, you know the best sporting team in Adelaide. It's a big call with the Adelaide Strikers women's side being yep. so dominant. Yep, uh, and being as we spoke with Megan Shirt about last week, maybe on par. Yeah, I, <laughs> but, I, but, I the giant, to you. but the Giants, uh, the Giants well, are clearly the best team. Hang on, I, and and the Strikers weren't the best team this year. But they end up winning it. Yes. So this is where the caveat comes in, and it's going to lead into my it is what it is. Um, is if they don't win at all this year, Bonds, in two weeks' time, unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. And that's my it is what it is, is the giant sweep of the bandits was very good over the weekend, but it means nothing if they lose effectively this week in the prelim final. They've been the best side all year. And I just want to make this point they get minimal advantage to be the best side. They, yep. they get a home prelim series against the fourth best team out of six teams. That's the wrong format for mine. They It should be one goes through the grand final and two and three play each other, or at worst, one versus two and three versus four. You need a better advantage in a 16 comp to play against the number four and potentially lose. I agree with that. Mine is what it is, is the Australian Open has lost its status due to the lack of Aussies players. There's no Leighton Hewitt. There's no Pat Rafter. There's no Nick Kyrgios. 
I think the interest has gone a little bit from uh, tennis in Australia. They did need the Demon to make it through to at least a quarterfinal, but you're right, a semifinal. I mean, when Nick Kyrgios has his run and Tanasi have their run, it is up and about, but you're right, they are lacking the Australians making it through to the quarters at the moment. I just couldn't get I just couldn't get motivated in the tournament. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I don't, I don't you know, there's other things going on that caught my attention. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, uh, that was the hat trick brought to us by Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Just before we go, do, do you agree with the format that I mentioned for the ABL, that one versus four? It, it needs to be looked at. It certainly does. Like the, Again, the Aces come out and have a good series and they're out and you're like, how have they not got a double yeah, chance? It's all it's all at home, though, the semifinals, so they home. don't have to play in Melbourne. But in a six-team comp, they're playing against the third worst team in the competition. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I get it. I yep. get it. I don't mind, yeah, maybe maybe one place, two yep. goes into the That's grand the final. You get the double yep. chance, yep. similar to what the uh, BBL does. Correct. Men's, it's been a great day again. We'll do it all again tomorrow here on the summer edition of Sports ASA. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.